Welcome back to another episode of Life in the Urban City Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Hudak, and I'm joined today with our Executive Director at Justice for Youth, Eric Vasquez. And um, I just want to have this conversation with you about holidays, because I know when we work with students, especially um, students from the urban city, holidays could be a mixed bag of emotions. And you've been doing this work for over 12 years, and you've had you know, 12 years of holidays working with kids. Many more, actually. Yeah. Um, and I just kind of want to hear your thoughts of what it's like to mentor kids through the holidays. Uh, kind of start off with that question and go for that. Yeah, I think, you know, this topic is important, you know, because urban inner city youth, you know, uh, again, are coming from dysfunctional broken homes. They don't have those times to look forward to where somebody like you and I are like, dude, Thanksgiving's coming, you know, Christmas is coming, I can't wait. Yeah. They're immersed in poverty-stricken environments. Uh, they're often, their bubbles are popped because they know they ain't going to get anything for Christmas or, you know, dad might be drunk and abusive on Thanksgiving because he's celebrating that way. So it's really a daunting time for them. And, um, it's an important topic for the youth worker to consider because one moment, one extension, one sacrifice of inclusion for you, your students in these spaces can make the difference in the development of the relationships that you're trying to build. And it could earn that trust uh, that you so long to have. And I think it could also provide for that young person kind of that missing puzzle piece that in their life you know, has been a gap for so long and you could kind of fill that void. Even if just for a moment, um, they can capture a vision for what a healthy family would look like. And they soak it all in, and uh, they can begin to build their own framework in their own lives, their own hearts as to, okay, this is what it would be like when the time comes for me to have my own family, right? So, just a few ideas there. Yeah, no, that's that's rich uh, with information, but I'm, I'm kind of curious about when, when you're working with kids and you're having a conversation and every time a holiday comes up, like, the natural thing is to ask, um, oh, so what are your plans for the holiday? Right. And if you know the kid's story and you know they come from a broken home or they've had negative um, experiences to the holidays, how would you bring up that question or, like, to just talk to them about the holidays? Um, yeah. Well, I think, you know, my work is heavily been in facilitating restorative circles or small groups yeah. for students that are um, high risk at promise students is what we call them. Um, so I usually have that moment in that circle to ask that question and I always preface the question by helping them understand that I know what may be answered. Mm-hmm. So I normalize it by prefacing that question with something like, Man, you know, the holidays are coming up. For many of us, you know, growing up, these aren't always the dopest times or these aren't always the most exciting times. So it's cool if if you were like me and, you know, you're not always really looking forward to this. So feel free to share that because I think there's a gang of us, you know, who might be feeling that way or having that kind of life circumstance. So I'll lead off and I'm going to give two shares, I usually say. I'll share from when I was younger and then where I'm at now and my perspective. So that's kind of how I bring it up, but um, you know, internally, I'm preparing myself to hear some of the mm-hmm. saddest, most trauma-filled shares, yeah. because man, I can even hear them ringing in my ear right now. It's like, I've heard times where 
the most joyous times were literally like filled with molestation, abuse, mm -hmm. drunkenness, death. I mean, I go on and on of yeah. things that I've heard. So, but that's kind of how I bring it up. I try to create community. I preface the conversation, and then I share so that they could see two angles from. So, so when you when you share from your childhood and your adulthood where you're at now, um, do you share some negative times or do you only share like positives? Because I'm trying to think of, there's those youth workers who've um, been blessed and had great families and they've been yeah. had, and they don't want to, you know, be like, feel like they're holding it over the kid or using the, their privilege of like, hey man, like, and this is how great I am kind of thing and mm -hmm. holding it above the student. Um, how would you kind of, yeah, just. Yeah, I think, um, Never be ashamed of, if you're a youth worker, never be ashamed of your background and your blessings. So it's kind of like, um, you know, you kind of just will be who you are all the time with no excuses. I, I, always, I will always coach youth workers in that way. But one thing I learned as a young leader is I, maybe I can't relate circumstantially, but I could relate emotionally. Okay. So maybe you're working to connect a different time that may have been attached to that moment of holiday where you were feeling sad or disappointed or, you know, angry. Yeah. And somehow you weave that in and it creates that, again, normalcy for that student. But kind of moving us forward in the conversation, I do want to say, because it's in my head as I'm thinking about it, as I'm doing that, I am preparing to offer an alternative for the kids. Mm -hmm. So I usually have a conversation with my extended family. My family's really dope. We come from uh, a background that wasn't always the greatest, but we've all really healed into being a close, tight-knit group. And they always are like, bring them all, you know? <laughs> I usually pack out as many as I could mm -hmm. in my car. However many spaces I have available, usually that's what I plan to bring to my holidays. Right. And minimally at least once. So in my head, I make this broad invitation, but I know like I can, only a few kids are gonna take me up on it, mm -hmm. right? Um, but, I, but I always make that invitation. So to emphasize how important invitation is, mm -hmm. um, to consider making a big sacrifice and con talking, talking to your family before extending that invitation would be something that would have to happen for sure. Okay, so when you, you're going in, you, you preface with the, the asking of your family, right? Um, do you, when, when you, the holidays are coming up, so you ask your family first before you ask the kids, or do you kind of already know the kids are coming, and, and what do you do with that whole process? Um, Early in the game, I always had to ask. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you have to be considerate of other people in your family. Yeah. And you have to know which space may be the best. So, mm -hmm. Latinos, we, we celebrate on Christmas Eve, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but, but we also celebrate, a part of my family celebrates on Christmas Day. Yeah. So, you could pick one or the other, right? Christmas Day is often one of the better days um, for, family, for students to come with my family. Mm -hmm. It's that? a little more low profile. Um, you know, less busy, there's less, uh, the hype of the event, mm -hmm. you know, is kind of passed a little bit in the Latino uh, yeah. family and culture. So it's more low key, but they can still feel that unity, that familial, you know, connection. So I usually try to connect them there. But 
uh, then it, you know I was talking about being considerate of others. Someone might say no, like no, I don't, I'm not really welcome to you know opening my doors to somebody, or open to welcoming other people into my space. You have to respect that. Yeah. Um, sometimes, like my a couple of my siblings weren't always the happiest, <laughs> and I had to weigh like, are their feelings more important, or is like the host more important? Yeah. You know. And then we would, I, would, I would confront it with them and I'd talk through it like, what, why don't you feel okay with this? Like, mm-hmm. what's the problem? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and we would talk through that. And usually it would end up pretty good to where I could at least bring one or two students. Yeah. And then I always try to do male, female. Mm-hmm. You know, one male, one female coming to the crib and uh, celebrating with us. And then now that we're down the line, my family expects that. Mm-hmm. So there's been a handful of students, like one of my students, Jonathan, he's come to the last like five Christmases, mm-hmm. Thanksgivings, and New Year's. So my family like purchases him a gift. Everybody purchases him, he, he purchases him a gift. Okay. So he's not just getting one, yeah. but he's getting a plethora of, okay. of gifts. Well, speaking about gifts, so let's say, like how do you approach that conversation with your family or with the kid? Because I mean, the kid's already been disappointed for X amount of years of his life of like, well, I don't get a gift anyways. Um, is, is that something that you're trying to ex- change his expectations and hope that when you bring him or her into your house that um, they're always going to receive a gift no matter what, at least one? Or do you encourage some people to purchase a gift? Going ahead, like, is that part of the conversation you have with the family if they're open to it? Or, you know, no gift? Or like, how yeah. do you approach that? Well, I, I guess from a base level, it kind of emerges out of like my value base. <laughs> so just living generously is something I've always committed to, leveraging my wealth, um, whatever it may be, time, treasure, talents, to bless others, hook people up, um, and be that small glimmer of light in their life at times, right? So um, I at least will commit to my family getting each of those people something. Mm-hmm. And we budget for that, we plan for that. Mm-hmm. But I never, I have never asked my extended family to do that. I've never put that expectation on them. Yeah. So there's been times where like somebody's come and like my family, me and my immediate are the only ones who are giving it to them. And other people have a gang of gifts, but they have one, mm-hmm. right? But then what happens, and this is the infectious, you know, um, the infectiousness of generosity is people see man, I've given this kid something, it's very special, he only has one thing, people start dropping him a little cash or her a little bit of cash. In the months or in the years to come, they start purchasing their gift. Now I get text messages saying like, hey, what size is, is he? Mm-hmm. Or what is she like? Who are you bringing this year? Yeah. What should we get them? You know, so they're almost anticipating it now. Oh. Um, and, and then I do want to be clear, oftentimes when I hit my cap, Mm-hmm. And I know I can't bring, you know, more than what I've invited. Mm-hmm. I still give that broad invitation. And my role as a youth worker is to, like, get other families to welcome these kids. So I've made calls uh, with some of my friends. And I've said things like, hey, you know, we got a handful of kids that don't got nowhere to go. Would you be down to host one? Absolutely, you know. Mm-hmm. So I know I have, I've built those relationships and connections with people to where um, I could make that. Go, yeah, you know? and that helps with um, creating like the false hope of, well, man, like you you invited me, but now you can't take me, kind of thing. Um, I think that kind of helps answer that question yeah. early on. Um, 
And, and all right, here, here's a kind of funny question. So when you come to like family gatherings, there's always a plethora of food. How do you deal with that picky kid um, and trying to like, no man, like I don't like eating this stuff, I don't like this stuff, or like trying to be like very picky about and encouraging, maybe trying new things. Mm, to be honest, bro, like I've never had somebody come and be super picky. Okay. Like any kid that I've brought from my neighborhood mm -hmm. or the schools I'm working on, they're very thankful. And yeah. they usually eat a gang of food. Yeah. I've only had like one or two where they're so shy okay. or they're feeling like they're imposing mm -hmm. that they may hold back. And I have to really push them hard mm -hmm. to um, partake and be a part of it, right? Mm -hmm. But kind of expect that, I would say to the youth worker. You know, mm -hmm. people are, they're going to be coming into your space feeling really awkward. And you, you're going to have to do a big job of like helping them like come on come and eat bro mm -hmm. sit down like sometimes i do gotta be like sit down you're gonna eat this food yeah. don't be disrespectful you know yeah. in latino culture if you refuse food it's mm -hmm. disrespectful you know sometimes i've told people that yeah. so um i don't think i've had a, ever a big issue with that kind okay. of stuff unless it's shepherd's pie you know yeah, with yeah. you guys i'll yeah. never the eat white people the white food bro <laughs> You've had more shepherd's pie in your life than I have in mine. Um, that, you might have a harder time than us, bro. We got enchiladas and stuff. You got shepherd's pie. So last question I want to ask, and we'll kind of wrap it up, and um, is how do you introduce this idea to the kids and prep the kids going into this completely yeah, different good. setting? Yeah, I do do that. That's a good question. That's something, a step that I think we may have missed is I will, I will give them a rundown mm -hmm. before we go. Like, here's what you can expect. Mm -hmm. Hey, my family's very loud, right? Yeah. Like, my dad's side of the family, it sounds like they're yelling, mm -hmm. but they're talking normal. Everybody has this loud voice, right? And when you go in, you're kind of like shocked. Mm -hmm. My mother's side of the family, everybody's real chill, even kill, but there's a gang of kids. Mm -hmm. So I'm telling them ahead of time, like, hey, we got 20, you know, grandchildren, they're going to be a gang of kids running around. It might be a little noisy. And that does matter for kids who are coming from trauma mm -hmm. spaces, you know, um, and, and you're wanting them to find a level of peace. And then I'll also warn them about particular family members. Like my father's rough, you yeah. know. He'll say a joke or do something or put you on blast and you better be ready to take it, you know. Mm -hmm. So I usually will warm them up and, and help them expect that. And then I do coach them with like, basic etiquette yeah. so a lot of the kids that I'll bring I mean they're from the hood bro they might be gang affiliated or you know whatever it might be and they may not have basic you know manners mm -hmm. or know how to respect the space so I do tell them what's up or like I'll say like hey you can't smoke a cigarette here you gotta be outside or you know yeah. all that stuff I give them the rundown so definitely that helps yeah. for for sure okay definitely thanks um, yeah and I just want to kind of wrap it up and just thank everyone for listening. And if you guys have questions about um, more in depth about this with kids and how to, what to expect around the holidays, please shoot us a, um, an email. It's info at ju4y.org. Because um, it's not just about us and our organization. We want to try to support as many youth workers out there that are serving kids in the, in the communities, and the urban communities, and even the rural communities. So um, I would even say if you're down to host the student, yeah. Um, of course, we'd love to run the proper backgrounds and stuff, but we'd love to make that an option and, and make those connections. So connect with us and we'll make it go.